Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. I feel like there's a lot of really good, like good TV mm-hmm. started like when I was in college. With really? Lost and yeah, like the funny stuff too. The Office. Yeah. Um, what else started coming out then? But like the first one I ever saw was P- Prison Break. There was a TV show on DVD. Yeah. A priest got it at the Newman Center, and he's mm-hmm. like, "You guys got to watch this." Yeah. In the first episode, we were all like. What the hell? This is... And TV before that, like when we were growing up, like laugh tracks and stupid stuff, you know? No, I actually agree. I think it changed a lot in like that time frame. So that's right when Prison Break came out is when 24 came out. 24, West Wing, stuff like that. West Wing. And like before that, it was like, at its best, it was like Friends. You mm-hmm. know, or saw a show. Seinfeld was really good. Seinfeld, yeah, something. That something was sort of the like apex that. of funny. Yeah. Of like the laugh track, half of a room set kind of. Yeah. But then now everything was like movies, you know. Yeah. Like The Office looked like a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I literally remember hearing about a show that was like started in England, <laughs> and it was kind of like this nouveau yeah. comedy, really like dry humor, but you got to see it, and I. I remember turning on the TV one time in college and being like, oh, this is that show. Yeah. And now I've seen every episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ne- that, that never happened to me but with any TV show before that I would watch. Maybe Simpsons. but Yeah. That was similar to uh, 24. The sixth season came on when I was at U of I. Mm-hmm. And Jack Bauer just kills this dude in the first episode. And, really <laughs> and uh, my brother called me and was like, you got to start watching this show. And I did. I went back and watched them all. Mm-hmm. But that's also like the time, you know, probably a little bit before then, but like you could start getting DVDs of series. And like, I remember mm-hmm. when all that started to where like you could go back and watch this entire series yeah. of a show, you know. You see how much that's changed. Like we're now Netflix, Netflix. itself is doing doing its own shows. And I was literally thinking about that today, how much that's changed. Yeah. Like we had, my family liked Simpsons so much that we would eat dinner early on Sundays to watch the new ones. Right. That were on at seven on Sundays on Fox. <laughs> the reruns? No, the, the new episode oh, every, the new every episode, week. Yeah. It was on Sunday. But what family does that now with DVR? I mean, it's a little thing, but it does kind of change culture a little bit. The fact that you can... You don't even have to buy the DVD anymore. Right. You can go on Netflix and watch old episodes of TV. Yeah. Like a year after they've aired. Oh, like a day after they've aired. Yeah. So you well, can Hulu go and all watch that. it on the website. Mm-hmm. Well, the point of the Netflix series, I think, is that you can just like binge, binge. on the series. <laughs> because people don't like, myself included in a lot of ways, like mm-hmm. don't like to wait a week in between episodes. So they saw these people like... They would just wait until the series was done yeah. and buy it. But if it's on Netflix, you can do it as quick or as slow as you want to. That's another instance of the media is the message. You know, like you, when TV shows had, you had to wait another week before the next episode, you had a week of people talking about like, did you see that? Or people would like tape it. 
<laughs> you know, uh, stuff like that. And and then there was this whole buzz around the thing. And then what about the season finale? Yeah, is like you gotta wait a summer until you find <laughs> out who killed Mr. Burns or something. You know. Yeah. And then they'd have commercials about it and contests and and once you put the stuff on DVD, it wasn't like, oh now, um, you know, this is gonna like people are choosing differently. I, I don't know. It's just like immediately people start doing a different thing. Mm -hmm. They wait a year. They're willing to wait a year so that they don't have to watch commercials or wait for another episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the whole lot from watching it when it originally aired. Oh, yeah. That's what we're saying. Like, it's oh, yeah. not like the DVD companies wanted people to do that. They responded to the fact that once the DVDs were made, right. that's what people did. Right. Oh, wow. And so then that changed the way shows were made. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely it did. You know? Yeah. Instant gratification. Instant gratification. Yeah. I read this great book, my first year of seminary, Entertaining Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. And he traces it all back to, he, he points out basically like Abraham Lincoln and uh, Buster Douglas. What the heck's that guy's name? Um, oh. Frederick Douglas. Frederick Douglas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are having the debates all around Illinois and uh, for the Senate chair. And people will come after work, like people with hard jobs mm -hmm. are coming after a whole day of working outside to go sit in this hot room in the summer yeah. to listen to these two dudes talk. And it was something like Lincoln would talk for two hours and then Douglas would talk for like an hour and a half rebuttal. And then they'd come back and Lincoln would get another half an, like another half an hour and Douglas would get an hour to finish it or something. So each guy got an equal amount of time, but the... So, like, they broke for dinner, and then people would come back after dinner to hear them finish it about mostly slavery, right? Because they were talking about Kansas, Nebraska, whether the new territories would be slave right. or, or not. Um, and that was the big issue in the election. And now the debates are basically, like, two dinguses getting up there and, like, trying to poke holes in the other dude's <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah. you screwed this up, or he voted on this, he's not a real conservative, or he's not a real liberal, or whatever. And his whole point was like, basically the telegraph and the photograph screwed everything up. Really? Because, uh, like, these weren't the smartest college-educated people coming out to hear Lincoln and Douglas talk on this high, like, rhetorical plane mm -hmm. for hours at a time. They were normal people. Yeah. But they had the equipment to sit and listen that long. It's not like human beings are different now. Like, we have shorter attention spans genetically. Mm -hmm. It's our It has to be our environment. Right. And... He points to the Telegraph as, like, the reason that somebody in Kansas City could get news of somebody dying in Chicago without any context, you know? Like, whereas before news was all local or, like, small town, you know, people just knew what happened to their neighbors and stuff. But they also knew, like, oh, one of the Johnson kids got in a car crash and died, of course, before cars, but... But they would have known the Johnsons. They would have known the mom and the dad, the yeah. other kids. They would have known, like who went to what schools and stuff and had context for the tragedy and it would have meant something to them. Mm -hmm. And now they could get news from another state or even across the ocean about something tragic happening and it's just information. Yeah. Nothing else and without any context. And then the photograph was it does even more violence to the subject because it takes the visual impression of somebody, um, like a person's face, I just thought of this because we had to take our composite photos for the, the wall in the faculty building. Yeah. 
sure going to be there for a hundred years or whatever. And people come see what did Father Connor look like when he got ordained? It's like that face. But it's like this static representation of your face, which is the locus of the person. You know, when you talk to a person, you talk to their face. And it, but it's always in motion. And you know the person when you're looking at them and having a conversation and you're learning something. But then you just get like one split second in time with a certain lighting mm -hmm. and like, but it could be a photo of a tree, you know, and you're looking at a tree in autumn in a photo, but it's really winter outside. What you're really looking at is a piece of paper and it's got no context. So the fact that like you could now transmit like photos of tragedies in Kansas City to people in Chicago like a train derails yeah you just look at it you have no context so it's just a it's a diary of information yeah. was his point and that's what we have now that we can't organize it into a context where like you can listen to a guy talk for an hour and a half and hear all the context of what's going on and be like trying to put the information into context what it means to me mm -hmm. in my situation in Peoria Illinois whether Kansas can have slaves or not you know yeah and really think through that issue it's more like sound bites you know this guy said this in a uh restaurant in ohio that like like mitt romney's thing you know whatever that such and such a percentage of the country just is welfare or whatever you know like some sound bite that makes the guy sound like an idiot mm -hmm. and that's what that's what's going to influence whether or not you vote for him yeah um anyways well and it's also easy <clears throat> you can see how Obviously, media affects the way that we think and the things that we receive, regardless if we realize it or not, uh, do affect us. So, like, for example, the whole election thing is super good because um, if, like, if you're in that small town, the information that you receive globally or nationally, whatever, how often is it actually going to affect you? Yeah. And what is actually going to change your day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. But certainly, it's good to know what's going on in China and around the world. As a matter of fact, I would say it's part of our job to know that. Mm -hmm. But how is it really going to affect me? Yeah. You know, But in a lot of ways, it shapes the way that people think in a very, very real way. That if you're going to a small town and you're hearing somebody speak, it's exactly how is this going to affect me? How are what you going to do right now? How is that going to change my life? Mm -hmm. And what are the implications of that? Right, well, it's not so much care. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a huge deal. But honestly, personally, I have had no effect on <laughs> exactly. other people. Other people talking about it. <laughs> like, I understand that it's not, uh, not the best thing. I don't necessarily agree with it. Matter of fact, I don't agree with it. Um, and especially, obviously, because the attack on the church that it brings. But like, how has it directly affected my life? Not at all. But mm -hmm. it has certainly shaped the way that I think. Think about other people and think about other policies. <laughs> in a super real way, but it hasn't affected me one single bit. Yeah. I think a big part of it is like, like with the photograph thing, um, is that it makes people into objects, you know? Like you're right, we should care what's happening to people in a sweatshop in China. Like, or if an Indonesian building collapses and kills all these people, or yeah. a soldier get kill gets killed in Iraq. But ultimately that information is not communicated in a way where that person is really a person to me, mm -hmm. you know? And I know this because I'm not a cold-hearted enough, pers cold enough person to hear, like, someone as valuable as a human person died a tragic death and care as little as I do when I hear that on TV. Right. Because um, you're, you're like, I wonder what else is on, you know? 
so there's something in the message where it's just not communicated. Like a photograph makes a person into an object. And you see that with pornography. And like people would not be willing to treat people the way they're treated in pornography if they had to watch that person like in reality, actually had to do that stuff to, the, to a person. But they're perfectly willing because on a screen, it's just a computer screen. It's a theater of the mind. It's all in your imagination. I think you, I think you see that that's true because it gets amplified as TV and video comes in, like mm-hmm. going back even to an election, you know, they say the Kennedy election, part of the reason mm-hmm. he won is because he's this young guy that people can see and he has charisma in front of the camera and it changed the way presidential elections mm-hmm. are run. And now certainly today, um, most definitely politicians have a mold that they're supposed to fit, you know, as far as their mannerisms and even their looks in a lot of ways of what they're supposed to be and do. Um, but that, that translates right back to what you were saying about even go back to pornography, that, I don't know, on this screen, this isn't, you know, affecting me. This is just pleasurable right. for me. And if it can stimulate me, um, my mind in the right way, then great. And if not, I can just toss it. Right. No, there's no... That's the only it. rubric for whether or not it's good. Right. Is what it does to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a super cool <clears throat> discussion. Well, in in modern philosophy, it's one of the coolest topics that we've had. Bonner Riggins kind of. Had, did you have you ever had Bonner Riggins? Mm-hmm. Dude, he is. He's. I love his modern class, but he's kind of very scatterbrained. And, Seems like it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it's like. What is going on here? Okay. I also love how they just like cut people off. <laughs> oh like, yeah. No, no, you don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care. Like it's if you don't think thought. if you, if you're just participating to participate in that class, like to just try to get your oh, yeah. check mark for the day, like he doesn't care. Yeah, like I think Heidegger said that blah blah blah. He's like, you didn't read it, or at least you didn't no. understand it. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. no, you get less points now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you read it, but you definitely don't understand it. Because <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> but what he did talk about, and what he said a number of times, we talked about it today, Rob, was uh, it's so important for us to have a modern thought. Or to have, I'm sorry, not a modern thought, to have an original thought. Mm-hmm. Because so many times you talk to people, and it's literally just repeating this surface level garbage that they've received from some outlet Mm -hmm. from some media source or from some other person even the cliches that we speak in he talks about the cliches all the time yeah what are you saying do you have any clue what you're saying have you actually stimulated your thought process Mm -hmm. are you speaking from actual experience or are you just literally regurgitating something that you saw on a computer screen are you regurgitating something that you saw on a talk or something like that, which is good, and that's how we become informed when you internalize it and you make it your own thought. Mm-hmm. But this whole thing is, when when people speak, are they even like, are these their own words? Or are we're a community of faith, like we're a community of faith, searching for God and communicating the love of Christ in our yeah, yeah, community yeah, yeah, yeah. of parishioner love. In right. our community of faith. Yeah, like, what does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> That was made by a committee because exactly. <laughs> some dude wanted community in there twice, and a chick wanted was like Jesus should at least be in our mission statement. We need to like, say, <laughs> dude, <laughs> is this hilarious? Yeah, this, this is, is. Oh man, this is funny. Oh man, 
little inside joke going on here. Uh, but yeah, we've had first-hand experience with vagueness mm-hmm. in that sense. When you have to, when you have to like satisfy a committee mm-hmm. to do some type of mission-oriented thing, where vagueness comes in because you just have to get these buzzwords or yeah. like, this should be in here, so we have to make it mm-hmm. fit type thing where it's not. Well, this is Father Bob Lombardo's hobby horse. He's like, if you have to have like a focus group for the new evangelization. I've got a newsflash. You're not doing the new evangelization. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he's got his head on right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. I love that guy. Yeah. Holy moly. Well, it's like, what has he talked about, too, even in homilies? It's like, you know, how often, especially as Catholics, that we just sit around and talk about doing the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. And, like, any saint would absolutely tell you. It's like, that really doesn't mean anything. Like, you need mm-hmm. to just go do it. Like, that's the point of the Christian life. We're not... You know, we're not high-level philanthropists. We just need to go and be Christians right. in a lot of ways, in most ways. We should sit around and keep talking about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> totally, dude. We I think do. we might work something out real good, and then we have a new evangelization. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah, honestly, we should just have we should have a couple of powwows a, a week, mm-hmm. maybe like an hour, Yep. and we can game plan it, and then maybe... Well, let's make sure we have prep meetings before we do that. Okay, I'm gonna get just so we know what you're going to talk about and stuff. I'm going to get a committee for the prep meeting. <laughs> okay. an agenda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dogs go to heaven. Goats go to hell. I went to the bank today to drop money off for, like, well, Rob wanted to drop money off his bank account. But, like, the past two times you've been to this bank, for no, okay, not for no reason, but they've been closed. We've been in the middle of the day. They will get a strongly worded letter. (laughs) Strongly worded. Yeah. I'll sign it as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. Can I just sign it? Blessings, Deacon Connor? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How dare you? (laughs) Like a thing, you know, you pass around class. Those are always the most meaningful. Like, oh, these people were really nice. They came and spoke to our class. Here's a thank you note we're going to pass around. Write your name. Did anyone open those letters and be like, look at all these people that were so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really good about myself. Yeah. See, that's tough because one of my absolute pet peeves is on a, a card or anything like that, you shouldn't write personal notes. Because, here's the reality of it, is that everyone's going to write pretty much the same thing. Like, yeah. if, you, if you take the time that, like, each person like writes a note. Okay, this affected me in this way. Maybe he mm-hmm. came in and spoke, or whatever. Like there's circumstances where it's probably appropriate. But as soon as you're passing around a card mm-hmm. to give someone, the first person writes a little note like, "Oh, thanks so much for yeah. this. It was great to meet you. Like I'll be praying for you. God bless you. You know, Joe Schmo." <laughs> and then everyone else has to write the exact same. Or thing. you look like such an. <laughs> a-hole for just <laughs> writing your name yeah you're like oh this guy didn't even write a no oh, yeah. what a jerk yeah. oh you didn't have time yeah because uh deacon joe schmo had time yeah he made time <laughs> he's praying for me right now it yeah. says right here yeah. <laughs> yep guess i'm not gonna get aggressive so that's it with the bank oh it was just super i don't know very coincidental in a negative way with the two times we went, it, we were literally, well, the first time it was literally within like 30 minutes of having closed. Yep. And then today was President's Day. 
You had to what? be there, bro. And they weren't open. Sounds yeah, like a bro. classic story. Should save it for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, we were talking about presidents earlier. That's true. Yeah. It fits. Full Cirque. Providence? I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? You see birds fall from okay. the window ledge. Three dogs north are Juice, Seabisque, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Down.